Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Living Better in San Diego. I'm Vicki Pepper. The rise in overdoses and deaths due to fentanyl poisoning is growing at an alarming rate, and it's changing the landscape in our country. On the line to discuss is Dr. James Dunford, Chief Medical Officer for the McAllister Institute. Thank you for joining me. Oh, my pleasure. Dr. Dunford, start by telling us, what is your role at McAllister Institute? Well, as a chief medical officer, I oversee all the different programs. We have 25 programs and 400 employees that are taking care of people living with substance disorders all over San Diego County. So I'm overseeing the the overall medical care that's being rendered to those folks, probably about a thousand new people a month. Drug overdoses have occurred for decades. So what's changed? Well, I have an interesting perspective on this because I used to be the medical director of the city's EMS system. And it wasn't uncommon to have people that overdosed on heroin, for example. But a lot of those people uh, received an antidote and signed out right there on the street and were able to go home. But now, with the dramatic increase in fentanyl and some of the other drugs that have hit the scene, uh, we have this epidemic of deaths that is now causing us to, unfortunately, realize that the number one cause of death between people 18 to 45 is actually fentanyl. And how is fentanyl different from heroin? If for no other reason, it's just dramatically more potent. I'm sure people have heard, you know, the various magnification factors, but it probably is at least 50 times as strong as heroin to the point where it actually a higher high can be achieved by someone using this drug than heroin was ever achievable. And that just magnifies the intensity and rapidity that they become addicted to it. And then it leads to all kinds of catastrophes in terms of accidental overdoses among people who are unsuspecting that uh, something they took actually has fentanyl in it. What does a fentanyl addict look like? That is a good question. And and for and you can't really tell who's using drugs and who isn't. I used to be very surprised as an emergency physician working for years in town when someone would roll their sleeve up and they actually had an abscess from injecting drugs. People who have addictions look like you and me a lot of the time. So you can't really say necessarily who is actually a user, although obviously there are certain stereotypes of people on the street. That's just one component of the people who are actually living with addiction. Where do drug overdoses commonly occur? We see them in several different settings. I mean, again, the people that are using regularly oftentimes are in uh, motel rooms or homeless encampments. We see as a classic bad situation, people who come out of incarceration and go to a a house where they've lost their tolerance and they may overdose. So living environments is another setting. But probably the scariest are people who don't know that what they're about to use recreationally at a party is actually contains fentanyl. And so there are many, many examples now of people who have unintentionally died from a fentanyl overdose after taking a pill that they didn't think was fentanyl. These pills are disguised. They're made by pill presses to look like any kind of regular pill you have uh, might find in a, in a medicine cabinet. And so uh, if you don't know what you're taking, if it's not a prescribed drug, cocaine powder can look just exactly like fentanyl powder. And then multiple examples of people who have actually overdosed and died in uh, mass settings like this of three or more overdoses. 
from not knowing what they were using. So like you said, most people who overdose from fentanyl don't even realize that they're taking something that has fentanyl in it. So really, there's no safe way to take any drug that hasn't been prescribed by your doctor. That's the truth. I mean, if you want to hear something amazing, you know, if you talk to the uh, folks that are using what they think is, is heroin on the streets these days, almost all of them actually really are taking fentanyl and don't know it. Their urine tox screens are positive for fentanyl, even if they don't know they're using that. And consequently, and because of the potency of the drug, actually heroin is becoming obsolete on this side of the border. Most uh, dealers actually are dealing fentanyl, even if they're telling people it's heroin. I'm speaking with Dr. James Dunford, Chief Medical Officer for the McAllister Institute. What does a fentanyl or opioid overdose look like? Well, I think this is real important because this is the heart of the of the issue right now is trying to get people to be able to recognize someone who is about ready to have a, a, a respiratory arrest, stop breathing and actually die because that's how fentanyl kills people. It basically just makes you, renders you unconscious, either rapidly or progressively unconscious. And then you will find somebody either in a very uh, unusual position or maybe lying on the floor. They're not breathing correctly, or they may not be breathing at all, or they may be making a very characteristic sound of someone who is obstructing their airway with their tongue. It's kind of a kind of an ugly, horrible sound that we consider the death rattle that sometimes is actually the trick to recognition of anybody who basically needs emergency care. But these people can't be awakened. You rub them, you try to arouse them, they can't be awakened, and their skin either is cold or clammy, or their lips are actually become cyanotic blue because they're not getting enough oxygen to the brain because they're about ready to stop breathing altogether. What's the treatment for a fentanyl overdose? Well, you know, like I say, you may not know what it is initially, so everybody needs to remember to call 911 immediately. Don't delay that. Somebody should be told, call 911. There's someone that looks like they need help. And not try to overdiagnose the problem because it, it may not be fentanyl, but there's no harm and should be assumed to be fentanyl and could proven otherwise in a lot of different scenarios like the ones we were talking about. The treatment ultimately would be to have available the antidote called naloxone. It's also trade name is Narcan and there are other even stronger different versions that are coming on the market. But these are antidotes that rapidly reverse the fentanyl's effect on breathing to the human. And by spraying these in the nose, and sometimes more than one dose, sometimes it takes even three or four doses because fentanyl is so potent that we can actually people restore people to breathing. Now, for somebody who has this happen in their home, mouth-to-mouth resuscitation is actually a, a useful thing to do to try to blow a few air uh, breaths into someone's lungs and get their lungs to expand. Some people may, may not do that if, if they don't know the, the victim, but certainly if this is a family member, I would remind people, of course, you would want to help to breathe for this person until help arrives. And if you have naloxone, by all means, send somebody to go retrieve it and administer it. What is narcotic withdrawal and how is it treated? Well, that's the other side of the coin that we all deal with here also in, at McAllister's is that when people are using these kinds of drugs and they become dependent, when they no longer have access to the drug, they begin to develop some sometimes really serious and, and very, very uncomfortable symptoms, including nausea and vomiting, hair standing up on edge, people becoming very anxious, uh, vomiting, diarrhea, all sorts of, of pain and aches and really can be uh, an excruciating experience for individuals who are craving a drug that their body now is essentially demanding that they have access to, but that they can't. And so that is something that we 
try have, have tr for years tried to address with some other medications, but now we have new medicines, one in particular called Suboxone, which can very quickly alleviate those symptoms if they can be administered to somebody in the right kind of safe setting. How does stigma affect society's approach to drug addiction? Boy, I wish there was no such thing as stigma when it comes to drug addiction. It's awful. I think uh, people kind of believe that this is for the for people who, who are weak and who don't really have any kind of uh, backbone. In fact, these are diseases. They're like diabetes and chronic relapsing conditions that many people suffer from. But the stigma associated with drug addiction, unfortunately, has kind of paralyzed our society for a long time and placed some blame on individuals who really have, for whatever reason, including sometimes even genetic and familial predispositions, have ended up self-treating, gotten themselves introduced to these drugs, a lot of times from orthopedic injuries. It's been the case that people end up being exposed to these drugs for the first time, and then their body has a native tendency to want to become addictive, and they need more and more, and the next thing you know, you have somebody who's actually um, dependent, and it's beginning to destroy their lives. And that's, of course, when we really recognize it as a formal addiction. Where can someone go for treatment? There are many places that people can go. If, if we're talking about just withdrawal itself, some of the emergency rooms in town now have actually created bridge programs that are sort of safe havens for people to go and get started on Suboxone. But other programs like McAllister exist throughout the county. We take care of Medi-Cal patients. So we are contracted for certain regions of San Diego County to provide these services and the services are range from withdrawal. Actually, they start with sobering. So individuals uh, identified by law enforcement, they just need a safe place to be able to sober up. That's step one. A lot of times, a teachable moment when someone suddenly wakes up and finds out that they've been brought, you know, by law enforcement because they were under the influence. But on down the food chain of, of treatment, we have withdrawal management, which is when people are recovering from acute withdrawal, and that's a seven to 10 day deal. We have residential programs where people can spend 90 days, and then sober living environments where they can kind of reconstitute their lives and get back to work and uh, also you know, address all the other critical component parts of achieving recovery. Their medical conditions, their psychiatric conditions, their environmental conditions, all those other things that are really all the critical pieces to be able to put somebody's life back together. This is all very doable. Everybody should think that someone has a legit chance of recovery. Yes, they absolutely do. So, yes, they should just call for help. There are lots of helplines and will aim people to the appropriate location in their community for substance treatment. I've been speaking with Dr. James Dunford, Chief Medical Officer for the McAllister Institute. Any last thoughts for us? No, I just appreciate the awareness. I mean, I think that this is a big deal. Parents need to know these drugs are in their schools. They have to be open and honest talking to kids. There's nothing more devastating than hearing about young kids that are actually overdosing, experimenting with pills. Kids need to be taught this at every step of the way. There should be no shame or any reticence to discuss why it is critical that kids cannot trust pills and one pill can kill them. Thank you so much for talking with us today and thank you for making a difference in our community. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.